Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Monday, faithful listeners. And you know what? It is awesome that you're here because you are starting out your week strong by listening to some scripture. Now, of course, I always recommend you guys reading it yourselves, even if you're commuting to work or, you know, you can't uh, obviously pick up a Bible right now and read it. I still recommend going back and listening to it yourself because it's very important to do to actually open God's word and to read it. In fact, sometimes when I learn the most is when I'm just doing my personal reading and I, you know, sit down with the Bible like the physical Bible and open it and read it. I learn so much. So I do encourage all of you guys that are listening to the podcast to actually sit down and read the Bible, either read it on your own or read it along with me, whatever you prefer. But there definitely is something to the physical Bible. So that being said, tell me what your favorite version of the Bible is. Mine personally is the NLT version. I love the NLT. But of course, as you guys know, I do read the WEB version on the uh, podcast because it's a public domain version. But tell me what your favorite version of the Bible is. I'd love to know. Contact me. You'll find my information in the bio of the podcast episode. And also introduce yourself. Tell me your name, where you're from, what the weather is, all sorts of stuff. And also, if you have a prayer request, always feel free to contact me with that also. Friends and faithful listeners, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 15 today, verses 12 through 23. We're going to be talking about slavery again. This is going to be fun. So yeah, grab your Bible. Let's go ahead and read this. Deuteronomy 15, 12 through 23. And also make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea. And let's jump right in. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free from you. When you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty. You shall furnish him liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your wine press. As Yahweh your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and Yahweh your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this thing today. It shall be if he tells you, I will not go out from you, because he loves you and your house, because he is well with you. Then you shall take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door, and he shall be your servant forever. Also to your female servant you shall do likewise. It shall not seem hard to you when you let him go free from you, for he has been double the value of a hired hand as he served you six years. Yahweh your God will bless you in all that you do. You shall dedicate all the firstborn males that are born of your herd and of your flock to Yahweh your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. You shall eat it before Yahweh your God year by year in the place which Yahweh shall choose, you and your household. If it has any defect, is lame or blind, or has any defect whatever, you shall not sacrifice it to Yahweh your God. You shall eat it within your gates. The unclean and the clean shall eat it alike, as the gazelle and the deer. Only you shall not eat its blood. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. The first thing that really stood out to me was the fact that these slaves, the Hebrew man and the Hebrew woman, it didn't matter what gender they were, they were supposed to be treated exactly the same. Let's think about this time period, like the ancient time period when women really had no rights like at all. It's very cool that um, these Hebrew slaves, it didn't matter their gender. They were supposed to be treated exactly the same. On the seventh year, they were meant to be freed. 
Now, of course, you guys are probably like, well, Jen, they were slaves. Who cares if they were treated exactly the same? (laughs) But this was different. I've talked about slavery a little bit in the past, and I actually had a special guest on the podcast, Gregory Kokel, who uh, I'm not related to him, by the way, (laughs) even though we have a similar last name, it's spelled differently. He was on the podcast back when I was doing episodes in Exodus. He came on the podcast and he talked a lot about what an indentured slave really was, or rather an indentured servant. And if you guys want to go back to that episode, I, I actually recommend it. It was a really good episode. It was long, but it was very informative. So I will actually link that episode in the bio of this podcast episode so you can navigate over there and check that one out. So slave isn't exactly the right word. I mean, it it fits, but it's not exactly the right word. Because when we think of the word slavery nowadays, we think of just like horrific treatment of human beings. That's what we think of because slavery in the U.S. was not good. It was mistreatment of human beings. So that's what we think of when we think of slavery, because in our Western culture, we we understand slavery to be something very different. It's It's terrible. There's no human rights, that kind of stuff. But that's not what this is here in Deuteronomy 15. God established something very, very different when it came to slavery. He still allowed it to exist because that's where people were at this time period. I mean, all of Israel was once slaves to the Egyptians. So God didn't totally abolish slavery. And I believe that's another thing where God was meeting the people where they were. And yes, slavery existed, but God was putting boundaries around what that was. And he was giving slaves human rights. In fact, we've read verses about how the slave was supposed to be treated with a lot of respect. They weren't supposed to be be mistreated. They weren't supposed to be treated as if they weren't human. They were even supposed to eat the same things as, I guess, the people they were serving. Like they had rights. They had human quality of life. And the reason they became slaves specifically, because right here it's talking about Hebrews, Hebrew slaves. Now, I will mention that slaves from other countries had different rules regarding them. Foreign slaves, of course, still had the same, a lot of the same rules regarding human rights. They weren't supposed to be mistreated at all. In fact, God always says, treat the foreigner with respect. But there were different rules regarding the foreign slave and the Hebrew slave. And what we're talking about today is the Hebrew slave. So I want to make that pretty clear. I'm not going to go into the foreign slave today. But the Hebrew slaves were supposed to be released every seventh year, regardless of their gender. It didn't matter if they were male or female. They were supposed to be released. And not only were they supposed to be released every seventh year, they were supposed to be released abundantly, is what God says. They weren't allowed to go empty-handed. They were supposed to be furnished liberally out of the flocks of the herd, out of the threshing floor, in other words, like the grain and everything, out of the wine press. In other words, they were supposed to be paid really well for all of their services. Because if a slave was just like set free, where would they go? What would they do? They wouldn't have any money. They wouldn't have any, you know, way to start a family. They wouldn't have quality of life, really, if they just left their master's house and like that was it. So God is putting rules in place where he's like, no, you don't just let your slave go free. You supply him abundantly with every with the abundance that you have. You give liberally to him. And so God says, 
as Yahweh your God blessed you in verse 14, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and that Yahweh your God redeemed you. So this was a picture of how God redeemed the Israelites out of Egypt. The way that the wealthy Israelite was supposed to treat their slave was a picture of how God treated Israel. So God says, once the seven years is up, whether this slave is a male or female, you give to him or her and you uh, release them. Now, of course, Hebrews became slaves for various reasons, but it was mostly A, because they were a criminal and they had done something wrong, or B, because they were in so much debt that they couldn't afford to take care of themselves or their family members. So they would sell themselves into slavery for six years. So in a strange way, this construct that God is putting into place was helping the poor person or the criminals get out of the situations that they were in. And what's also interesting about this is the fact that there were probably slaves that didn't want to leave. Because here's what it says in verse 16. It shall be if your slaves tells you, I will not go out from you. So after seven years, this slave loves his job. He loves being able to be supported by his master. He loves that his family is being supported. He just enjoys his work. He enjoys his job. He became part of the family because that's what, once again, slaves are supposed to become. They're supposed to become part of the family. You know, he doesn't want to leave and, you know, start his own family or, or move somewhere else. He wants to stay with his master because he ends up loving that family. There was a little ceremony that would take place and the slave didn't have to leave at that point. The slave instead would become a slave forever, or rather a servant forever. And the, the ceremony that would be done is that his ear would be pierced into the door. And this would kind of like show that that servant belonged to that house forever. It was like a picture of how that servant, by being like stuck to the front door, I suppose, became a permanent uh, servant to that house. This was completely 100% the choice of the servant. The master had absolutely no say in this. The master had one job, one rule rather, at the end of the seven years, which was to release his servant and give that servant money and crops and whatever else. So the master had no say if he could keep that servant or not. This was all the choice of the servant. Once again, this is God giving human rights to somebody who back in these days, they would believe that, that uh, ser uh, servants and slaves had no human rights. They were subhuman. And God is saying, no, these people are human. Once again, don't forget, Israelites, that you all were slaves too. So you need to treat other slaves and servants with complete and total respect because that's what you once were. I really like that. I like the fact that the servant at the end of the seven years had the choice to remain with that family or not. In verse 18, it says, It shall not seem hard to you when you let him go free from you, for he has been double the value of a hired hand as he served you six years. Yahweh your God will bless you in all that you do. So in other words, if that master just lets that slave go free after, after six or seven years, then God is going to bless that family, bless that household because of the way they treated that servant. So yeah, this is very different than the typical slavery that you and I might think of nowadays. 
And really, in a way, it benefited everybody. It benefited the person that had to sell themselves into uh, this servanthood position. And it also benefited this family that had that servant because it says that this servant was double the value of a hired hand as he served you six years. And also Yahweh your God will bless you in all that you do. So if the master was respectful to their servant, if the master did what God told them to do and commanded them to do, then God in that was going to bless that person. And even though you and I don't have slaves nowadays, obviously, hopefully not, (laughs) that would not be very good. We are slaves of Jesus. That's what Paul considers us to be. We are slaves of Jesus. And that's not a bad position to be in. We consider ourselves servants and slaves of Jesus because we want to serve him. We chose to make that decision to serve him for our lifetime, similar like how this servant might have made the decision to serve that family for a lifetime. We have chosen, you and I have chosen to become servants when we follow Jesus and we have quality of life. I think this is almost like a picture of what was to come with Jesus and all the followers of Jesus. But after this, in verse 19 through 23, it changes the subject And God starts talking about the firstborn males of the flocks and the herds. Now, we know that the firstborn males of the flocks of everybody were supposed to be given to God. God said that the firstborn belongs to him. And that even included human beings. Uh, the, The firstborn male was supposed to be dedicated to God. We see that ceremony taking place, actually, when Mary and Joseph have baby Jesus in the New Testament. They take him over to the temple And uh, they pay the firstborn son like tax. They dedicate baby Jesus to God. And so, yeah, we see that ceremony taking place. But what God is talking about here is the uh, firstborn males of the flocks and the herds, which were supposed to be given to God also. And the way they were given to God was by being sacrificed every year at the temple. So whatever firstborn males were born out of the flocks and the herds, They would be taken to the temple and part of them would be given to the priest, I believe, and part of them would be given to God through a burnt offering. And then another part of them, which it says here, would be given back to the family so that the family could eat it. Here's what it says in verse 19. You shall dedicate the firstborn males uh, that are born of your herd. And then verse 20, it says, you shall eat it before Yahweh your God year by year in the place which Yahweh shall choose you and your household. So yeah, part of it was given back to the family. And uh, they were allowed to have this big feast and eat it in God's presence. This was another like kind of fellowship thing that God was um, having his people do. God really like places a big emphasis on fellowship, not just with like God himself, but with each other, with families, with with people in general, with other people from the community. I think fellowship to God is quite important for us Christians to participate in because we've already seen God, you know, talking about it quite a lot in the last couple chapters. And because of that, I do think that God cares about whether or not we fellowship with other people. That's another reason why we go to church and why it's commanded that we go to church. It's that we can edify other people. And the word edify obviously means to build each other up. We all get built up through community. We know that community 
is so important even to us like on a base level. Humans do not do well without a lot of socialization. So God kind of commands socialization, (laughs) you know, for his people here in a way, because they were supposed to go to the temple. They were supposed to fellowship by eating these meals together with the family and with the friends. So yeah, in a way, God commands fellowship among his people because it is good for us. It is good for you. It is good for you to go out and to have community with the people around you. It is so good for you. So if you don't get a lot of community, I challenge you to try to find a community this week or to get out of your house and to like go find a church somewhere. I can honestly say that when I started getting really involved in my church, because I never really was until a few years ago, but once I started getting really involved in my church, my attitude really changed for the better. Like I was much happier. I loved being able to fellowship with people. And I actually found out I'm more of an extrovert than I initially thought I was. I always believed myself to be an introvert. It turns out I'm an extrovert. (laughs) And I kind of think that most people nowadays, even though we consider ourselves to be more introverted, I think as a whole, I think we're more extroverted than uh, we think we are. So my challenge to you is to go out, find a church community if you're not involved in one, and uh, just see how you're attitude and your your mood improves when you get that fellowship that God created you to have. God definitely created you for a purpose. And you know what, guys, if you feel purposelessness and depression, you know, some of the stuff that I was talking about today with not getting enough socialization, maybe that kind of hit home for you. I actually wrote a book about that. It's called Out of the Mire, and it's based upon the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, the slave who was sold into slavery. And this was not the slavery we talked about today. This was bad, bad slavery in Egypt. And in Out of the Mire, I talk about Joseph's story and also a little bit of my own story and what I learned through Joseph's story. And the entire book is just talking about you know, depression and feelings of purposelessness and all that kind of stuff that we struggle with on a daily basis. So if you would like to check out that book, actually, I'm giving away two free chapters of it. When you go to my website and subscribe to the email list, you'll get two free chapters of Out of the Mire in your inbox. So go check that out. And then if you want to get the rest of the book, you can go find it on Amazon, which is linked in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, I really hope that you are blessed today. I hope that you um, find comfort maybe in this podcast and some of the stuff that we talked about today. And of course, if you need any prayer whatsoever, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You'll find my contact information once again, also in the description of this episode. Friends and faithful listeners, I really hope you have a great rest of your day and that you, as always, are blessed by God. Happy listening and God bless.